1: You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. This talk of champions i've been garrett at spirit been on twitter joining me is my buddy Stephen godfrey no longer at the flagship it's been years i'm still holding on to it he's of sb nation covering nationally <laughs> college football hey buddy what's up uh,
2: i don't even work for sb nation anymore but i'll still stay, i'll take the intro
1: oh i'm sorry i didn't know that
2: i'm fragmented i work for secret Base, which is on youtube um, I just did a video on the Bush Bush in 2005. I uh, run a podcasting company called Split Zone Duo. I knew that. So you can listen to subscribe to that. And then I also write for Athlon and The Washington Post. And occasionally I sleep, but not as much as I should.
1: Man, I'm a bad friend. I guess we've just been talking about the Braves for two years, that we just stopped asking about our Sorry, post for, and professional for, lives.
2: For those of you who don't, uh, just, just for a little background here, Ben called me to record this <laughs> segment that you're listening to now. 20, 30 minutes ago, yeah. and all we've done is talk about the Braves. Uh, and then finally, we realized we had to take the segment. So that's, that's That is essentially like we could just torture listeners of the show and just go back into baseball, but I, we won't. I will, we will talk football. So here's how we're going to do it. Okay. I have a question for you.
1: All right.
2: My old man not an alumnus of the University of Mississippi, but because by virtue of the fact that my sister and I both went to undergraduate there, became a fan, always wanted an SEC team to cheer for. Uh, he went to Georgia Southern, well, always wanted an SEC team to cheer for, got one, unfortunately, you know, got, <laughs> got one that didn't win a lot. Um,
1: now it's
0: winning.
2: Then, don't get on me. I know. No, now they're winning. Anyways, so I will check in. I, I, I'm going to be honest with the listeners. In terms of live football, I think I've seen two quarters of Ole Miss football this wow. season, right? So, I'm either in a press box or I'm trying to watch nine games at once. But he had a theory. Because I check in with him on, on Ole Miss once a week. And he has a theory that I want to run past you. Okay. Because this would jive with what I've heard about the sort of maturing, like, like increasingly mature Lane Kiffin. About the first half with Vanderbilt, right? Everyone, I, I, I assume people were freaking out a little bit at the time, yes. right? Yes, Okay. Do you think that his theory is that like Jackson is maybe learning on the job a little bit more than we realize? Do you agree with that?
1: I think that was kind of always the expectation, but um, it's been a okay. little bit more of a – just only because the rest of the roster is ready to win now while he's still very much in a developmental yeah. phase.
2: Okay. Well, so his theory, was, we were talking about this, was did they, did they go, because we're in the transfer portal era, did they go 50-50 with Altmyer the entire way as a way of preserving having both quarterbacks on the roster and not having a transfer out?
0: It and, would be... and
2: the theory being that, that neither, starter, not, or, sorry, neither candidate got enough reps that they needed now that we're in October
1: it would be disingenuous to say otherwise. It just would. Because when he was brought in from USC, it was widely expected that he was going to be the starter. I mean, you don't go to that level of effort to bring him in and then just sit him. So he always had a baked-in advantage. Um, Luke is a talented quarterback in his own right, but he had to make Ole Miss not play Jackson Dart. Now, Jackson Dart helped because Jackson Dart had disaster plays, and he had a disaster play or two in the win over Vanderbilt.
2: He's definitely a shotgun with a crooked sight.
1: Yes, and it's getting straighter. But Luke Altmaier, I mean, now you're seeing it. I mean, there's been an agreement made with the family, and Kincaid Dent came in late against Vanderbilt and not Luke Altmaier to preserve the red shirt because obviously, and they haven't said this, but he's going to transfer at the end of the year. So it'd be disingenuous to say making this a fair as fair as a competition as it can be, I think is the best way to yeah. phrase it, was yeah, partly good. due to that. Yes.
2: All right, that's what I thought. Now... In terms of, all right, could Dart have seen more time and then thus be further along as they enter the teeth of the schedule? Of course the answer is yes. However, I really would applaud the staff for the management of of the roster here, specifically quarterbacks, because we've seen a litany of this. We're seeing this happen actually in bulk across the country where guys are just, uh, after four games, like groups of guys on rosters are saying, yeah, I'm good. Like I'm actually done. I'm not going to play anymore. And telling the coach this because I, you know, I don't like this or I didn't get enough time or whatever. uh, And I'm going to transfer out. I think they did it as well as they could in the era that we're in. And so I was, I was actually really impressed.
1: And I, I like the way that everybody honestly handled this, not just lane, but Luke and his family. Because he was given a real shot, and he did make it an actual competition, though it didn't really necessarily, in my opinion, start that way. I believe that because of Jackson's deficiencies, at least in practices, and preparing to be the starter for games, led Lane Kiffin to making this a real competition. And Luke Altmyer performed admirably, as far as like not turning the ball over. He doesn't have, I don't think, and maybe he proves me wrong if, at his next stop, but like, I don't think he ever had in his toolbox... The big play potential of Jackson Dart, and yet he got a start. It wasn't a token start. It was at the time legitimately two guys going at it because it turned into that. But he got hurt, and you always hear all the time how in football you don't lose your job to injury. That's bullshit. John Rice Plumley did that with Rich Rodriguez. I mean, Matt Crow was the better and is right. the better quarterback forever, and yet John Rice Plumley started all you know of nine or ten games.
2: Yeah, that comparison now in hindsight looks awesome. so different than it did at the time. <laughs> There's also there is a Rich Rodriguez quarterback, and then there is a not a, a, a mm-hmm. not Rich Rodriguez quarterback, mm-hmm. and that latter category is often good players are are good players. It's just that he, he's requiring something very specific in his system. So yeah, it doesn't really matter now. Obviously, I think the program benefited for it. Obviously, having Corral, you know, that's another thing though. Having Corral on the roster when Kiffin gets there changes the complexion mm-hmm. of Kiffin's entire second act of his career, and you know really kind of catapult Ole Miss into the next era of, of, of SEC football because they
1: have so much success. See, this is the time when you needed to be – it's like now enjoying postseason baseball with the Braves. Now would be the time for Stephen Godfrey to still be covering Ole Miss because you could actually just have a field day. They're winning.
2: I mean, I, I, it, it, they're way more interesting.
1: That's what I'm saying.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, there's more to to look at here. But I also wonder – how much, of this, like, how much of this is sustainable? That's, of course, my first hit, my first sort of question. Um, and I don't have an answer. I don't know. I don't, like, I, I'm, every time I go on a show, I'm getting hit up on, like, what's going to happen with the future of X, you know, in terms of college football with Portal, NIL, and then what we're calling, I guess, Big Two or Super League vacation. I, I don't really know what, what, what you can call it. Um, college football is going to look vastly different in five to ten years.
1: When do we actually get Super Leagues?
2: Uh, it depends on what you call a Super League. Uh, but I think that, like, if you are – I'm going to give you – okay, I'm going to use just an, an example here. Uh, Louisville is not in a good place right now. It seems like they're going to move on from Scott Satterfield. The, down the stretch, I expect them to lose a lot more than they win. They've had some issues with Scott before. He kind of openly tried to get the South Carolina job before uh, Shane Beamer did. Everyone thinks that Jeff Brom is going to leave Purdue for Louisville. And ten, five years ago, he's already been offered that job, though. uh, I I would have said, yeah, absolutely. You definitely go from a Big Ten West basement team to Louisville, which is a really well-regarded job in, in the industry, like amongst agents and coaches for a lot of different reasons. That is changing because one job is in the Big Ten and one job is not. And that doesn't mean it won't happen. I think they would have to back the truck up but the amount of revenue that's set to hit these big 10 and sec schools is going to change the calculus for the entire sport. And so it's not going to be power five. It's going to be power two. So in that regard, Ben, I think like you already have two super leagues that that will emerge in the next few years as noticeably and arguably wildly different than the other three. So, you kind of have two now. Ten to fifteen years from now, do those two like it's almost like the old AFL and NFL? It's like a, do at a certain point you just go, all right. It, it behooves us to work as a unit for the for the sport, you know. And do you have a forty or thirty team super league? It's not that far fetched. People kind of laughed when I said this a couple years ago, but the bottom line is there's two conferences financially that are just 100 miles ahead of the rest of the sport.
1: When's the last time you thought about retirement? What about saving for your kid's college? In these crazy economic times, working with a professional is of the utmost importance, and that's where my friend Thomas Chandler comes in. Thomas is a financial planner with Capital Financial Group, and he wants to help you make the right decisions for your financial future. So give him a call today at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. And tell them that Ben sent you for a no-cost consultation and get started toward financial independence today with Thomas Chandler of Capital Financial Group. Your OMAS baseball rebels are national champions. Yes, that really happened. Your eyes did not deceive you. And what better way to celebrate since we all spent way too much money getting to and back home from Omaha than with a new car. You started the show with your own college football theory or old Miss theory. I'm going to throw a theory at you. Okay. In the old days, a Louisville would just, oh, we're just going to go hire Jeff Brom. All-time Louisville great. Well, these days, no, you're not only going to have to pay him the going rate, which is like $7.5 million, uh, but also you're going to have to make a commitment with facilities and upgrades uh, to your yeah. indoor and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Just to get in the game with a coach of any kind of consequence. If you say we're hiring Jeff Brom because we want to win, that is a bigger commitment than just going and hiring a coach.
2: Well, and we're also about two years away from essentially the payroll question, which is more like Major right. League Baseball than it is. You know, it it it, it really is going to look like a non-salary cap pro league. And what I mean by that was, who did the story on it? Was it Dellinger? Ross did it, right? A yeah, Ross ago? did it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, that's just, like that to me. Is a greater accomplishment than literally anything Lane Kiffin has ever done with a headset. So, the, so I don't know if you like if you're listening to this if you agree with me, but I'm telling you it's the truth. So, what's the one knock against Ole Miss for the past thirty years? Like, what's the easiest joke you can make about when Ole Miss gets in trouble? Right? Is the the dumb Southern uh, white boy boosters who get in trouble for paying players? Right? That's it. Right? Like I li- I've lived this. I made a documentary about it. Right.
1: Yes, among other things, but yes, sure.
2: Right, right. So now that that's basically legal, ninety percent of it is legal, right? What Lane did was not only just go, "Oh, okay, hey, it's fine now." He organized all of those. I mean, I'm not just to say Lane did it, but there was a spearheaded effort, and the coach was very involved. You now have an organized initiative of the one thing that used to cause Ole Miss the, the most grief. That's a fundamental change in the program's DNA, to finally get all those disparate parts and pulling in the same direction and listening to one another and using their money effectively. Because I can tell you stories from the old days when it was all illegal about how stupid some of these guys were with their money. So now you're spending it effectively, and you're modernizing the program. Yeah, if you're a Minnesota or Ole Miss or, you know, Purdue, Mississippi State, South Carolina fan, you should be excited. It doesn't mean you're going to win national titles in our lifetime. I don't believe that. You could. But I do think what you're going to – well, here's the difference, though. What's about to happen is that the playoff is going to, is going to expand, and you're, those programs that I just rattled off are going to have a far better chance of being the – and I don't know how it's going to work. So I'm just using this. Like I'm throwing a number out just for our conversation. You could end up being the eighth seed in a playoff, right? And think about, and you know basketball way more than I do because I don't know any. But think about how programs build their entire identities off of being like, well, you know, that coach, man, he took him to, he took him to two sweet 16s in five years.
1: Mm. Yeah. That's the kind
2: of mentality that we can see if you were one of those formerly like bottom half teams in the big Ten of the sec, but you have all of this damn television money and all of this NIL money. And so you are heading shoulders better than a a team of your value in the ACC or the, or the Pac-12 or whatever. And you're, and you're, if you see sec teams routinely and big 10 teams, then you will, like they're going to have automatic qualifiers based on conference championships. They're going to have a G5 representative, whatever we, whatever we end up calling the G5, it'll become different. And then after that, you're going to see like, Oh, there's Michigan state, there's South Carolina, you know, they had a, they had a great year or like, or like think about a Mark Stoops, Kentucky team that wins 10 games and that's considered an aberration. So instead of going to the citrus bowl or the, you know, whatever, and Oh, Hey, or like, Oh, okay. Let's use Ole Miss for an example. Like, hey, here's a pat on the head, you get to go to the Sugar Bowl, which meant something to your grandfather, but who gives a shit now? (laughs) And you're going to play an exhibition. No, I'm serious. It's it's true. exhibition game. Like, if
1: it changes, like you're talking about, and a coach goes to the playoffs three years in a row, that is more consequential, more significant of an accomplishment than saying, oh, he took us to three straight bowls with his two liberties and a music.
2: Right, so let's just say, like, you know, let's just say Baylor, and that's just like Baylor wins the Big Twelve, so Ole Miss, but Ole Miss is like the fourth best SEC team one year, and so they open on a weekend in December in Waco, and the same thing happens, and they lose that game just like they lost to Baylor. It's still more meaningful. You lost the opening round of the playoffs versus you lost an exhibition game in an NFL stadium. It just did, man. Like there's no arguing it. I don't. I've never. I I have never given. American shit about the bowl system and I'm not going to start now, but when you're talking about a 12-team playoff, it's going to matter just so much. Like It's it's infinitely less important or relevant.
1: ESPN released its rankings of the 15 undefeated teams in college football. Ole Miss came in at number seven, acknowledging that you've only watched two quarters. Ohio State's one, Alabama two, Georgia three, Michigan four, Tennessee five, Clemson six. What do you think of Ole Miss being seven behind those teams?
2: Uh, I think Ole Miss and Tennessee are very similar. I think I, I think Hooker has played better. Like Hooker's having a corral year, and Ole Miss hasn't had like you know we we started segment talking about quarterback play. Um, I'm suspicious of Tennessee. I'm suspicious of Ole Miss too. I'm mean, going to be honest. You did trail Vanderbilt. Like um, I would not take them against any of those other teams. Who are the who are the teams below them?
1: Penn State, Oklahoma State, UCLA, TCU, USC, James Madison, Syracuse, and Coastal Carolina.
2: So USC is the dark horse in that bunch for sure, who I think would be better than like a Tennessee or an Ole Miss. And maybe a Michigan. Uh, there, are some, there are definitely suspect teams below that too. TCU and UCLA, very suspicious. I don't mean they're not having good years. I just mean it, I'm suspicious of them keeping such high elevated company. I think yeah. Ole Miss is probably right where it should be in that ranking. I would live with them anywhere between 6 and 10 and be fine with it.
1: This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett, at Spirit, Ben on Twitter. I'm right for the old Miss Spirit on 3. If you don't mind, you can say whatever you want. Please leave a five-star review in iTunes. Just simply search Talk of Champions. And you can find this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Just simply search Talk of Champions in Spotify or Amazon Music. You name it, SoundCloud, we're there. Just simply search for us. Talk of Champions is brought to you in part by MyBookie. Your favorite athletes always strive to put themselves in a winning position. and It's about time you did, too. With MyBookie. MyBookie has the biggest online selection of odds and contests to fill all your sports betting needs anytime, anywhere. Bet on the NFL, MLB playoffs, or play for a share of big cash prizes in the weekly blackjack tournaments. If you've been waiting for the right time to get in on the action, that time is now. Make your winning move today. Sign up at MyBookie using promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, that's T O C, and claim your deposit match of any amount up to $1,000. Again, that's promo code TOC for Talk of Champions TOC to claim your bonus and experience sports in a whole new light and make this season a winning one. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. The Ole Miss Spirit and Talk of Champions are coming up on the one-year anniversary of our move to own three. We couldn't be happier. Winning has certainly helped. Football continues to roll. Baseball is fresh off the first-ever national championship In-program history, life is good, but change is always hard. And I don't even want to think where we'd be without LinkedIn Jobs, which made our initial hiring experience as seamless as possible. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Create in seconds a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs and add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile to spread the word about your opening. They offer simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses ranked LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Football Rebels have a little over a month remaining in the 2022 season. You want them to finish strong, right? Well, you need to finish strong, too, with LinkedIn Jobs, which helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free today at linkedin.com slash TOC. That's linkedin.com slash TOC to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. That's LinkedIn Jobs, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. I love that you and I in our long shared tortured history with Ole Miss are now talking about Ole Miss as the number seven team in the country like it's normal, as if this is to be expected. This is not normal. Nothing about what Ole Miss now is as a football program in 2022 is normal. And I don't think any fans, media, coaches, players, administrators should take this for granted. Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin is the perfect marriage of coach and school because of the transfer pool yeah. and how it happened, how he created and is the entire brand for Ole Miss. His dog is the unofficial mascot now.
2: I make sure those people get their asses to the stadium. He seemed pretty salty about that. I mean, uh, yeah. It's like Ole Miss still has a terrible reputation for that. Also, Vaught Hemingway does still, I think, suck compared to most stadiums, but there's a growth problem. It's in the DNA and fans get mad when I say this, but I went to the same school you did and I can say whatever I want. <laughs> um, Stop caring. Like, it is, you take this. If you take this run that, that they're on for granted, and you continue to care more about your outfit and the Instagram shit, like, watch how fast it will leave.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, that's the only issue. Is like, there's just as much. There's just as much sort of pomp and circumstance and thrill at Alabama and Georgia, with the game day stuff. But they get their ass in the building. I mean, there's things that are gonna rub Kip in the wrong way. They would rub any coach the wrong way. Um, I'm not. Ole Miss is not fully modernized yet, but they like this is the most quiet and consistent
1: they've been, if I, if I can recall. Yeah. What is Auburn going to do? Hugh Freeze?
2: Uh, well, they're going to fire their coach if Ole Miss beats them because that's what happened historically. Yes. Um. Yeah. Hire Hugh Freeze. Go for it. Um. So this. So yeah, I get asked this. I like the third time I've asked this week.
1: Um. I know. I'm sorry. So they're running
2: an AD search right now. Uh huh. Okay. So they have to, they have to uh, lock in on the AD search first, and they're kind of halfway through that. They have to figure out what they – I mean, they really don't know who their next AD is yet. They're going to finalize that, and then they're going to figure out an appropriate time. If Kiffin if, – like, spread is what, 14 or something?
1: Yeah, 14 and a half. This
2: weekend. Okay, so let's say Ole Miss covers and then some. Puts a little Lanyap on it. Um, I, I, I could definitely see them making the move because they have a buy after this. And then they go out into the market. But I also don't think that Auburn worries about rushing the market the way other teams do because they are a they are a SEC a, 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 an SEC program. They don't have to they don't have to stress the way you know Wisconsin might or something like that. Um, and then I think they if they're gonna fire him in season, I think they fire him if Ole Miss kicks their ass and they have the buy. If not, they could be content to ride it out. Another issue you have to look at is that. So Wisconsin made their move specifically because they have a defensive coordinator they think might be their next head coach who's a native son, all right? Um, Nebraska made the move when they did in large part because they have Mickey Joseph, who's an alumnus who might be a head coach one day to feel really good about. And also they wanted to be first to market for a couple other reasons. Auburn's situation is that both coordinators are Boise guys and Harson loyalists. And you probably would have to go down the chain to someone like Cadillac to be, or is it uh, Trey Mason is on the staff? I think there's another, if someone yells at me, like I, I have to cover the whole, the whole sport. Yes. Like, um, but, but I mean, it, it's weird for me, honestly, that like Cadillac is a coach, you know, they would have to go with someone who does not have that experience whatsoever. Like going to Mickey Joseph, going to Jim Leonard makes a lot of sense. Um, hang on. I've got it pulled up now because it's going to bother me. Uh, Zach Etheridge is who I was thinking. Oh, okay. He is the associate head coach. Zach Etheridge and – or or I guess Cadillac would be your pick maybe. Oh,
1: it would be Cadillac. Oh, because
2: – well, no, but Etheridge has the – it wasn't Trey Mason. Oh, yeah, that didn't
1: make you feel – He was upset. a running but, back.
2: Uh, <laughs> Etheridge is the associate head coach, so they would have to go in that direction. The problem, what I'm trying to get at is, then you have coordinators who are both loyalists to harson and boise guys they know they're out it's going to be really rough down the stretch to get co- to get any kind of cohesive coaching effort out of it and it does matter it does matter to them before you say well this year's screwed anyway no it does matter like they still have to play the iron bowl they still have to go down the stretch like it it's not that simple uh this is not a staff that was built to have an interim ben do you remember what ross bjork said to matt luke when he got the offer to be the o-line coach for Will champ in south carolina
1: He's effectively if anything happens to Freeze, that you'll be the interim head coach.
2: He said, I can't let you go. And this was on a staff. That, like, Ross did not want to devote any more cash at the time, which <laughs> Ross loves to devote cash to things. But, like, Bjork didn't want to spend any more money on Freeze's staff, but he knew he had to match and beat that South Carolina offer from Muscans at the time because he said to Matt, I need an interim head coach. Mm-hmm. So – Auburn doesn't have that situation, which is one of the reasons their AD is fired, which is one of the reasons you're still seeing Harson coach. That's the explanation. And
1: also, if they do Cadillac, I said Cadillac, if they did Cadillac, the reason why Houston Nutt was fired but continued to coach the Ole Miss football team, which was unbelievable, is because they didn't want to give the only interim candidate, Gunner, the job, because you don't want to give a guy that could generate a groundswell of local support the job if you don't believe him to be the guy. Like, you can't take that risk.
2: Great. That's a great example. Gunnar Brewer is still—he's at Maryland right now. He's awesome. He's right? a veteran coach. That last name was going to garner support in Oxford, yeah. more than than the ADs wanted to at the time.
1: One to ten. How worried should Ole Miss fans be about Lane Kiffin and Auburn? Scale to one to ten. Five. Okay, works for me. He's Stephen Godfrey. I
2: don't have enough. We, we don't have enough data yet. I'm, I'm kind of copping out of that. When there's more data, call me back and talk about
1: it. Okay, that's cool with me. He's Stephen Godfrey of the Washington Post, if I remember everything. The Washington Post, Split Zone Duo podcast, Athlon. Athlon. Yeah, I nailed it. I did pretty good. Secret base on YouTube. Yeah. Where's Matt Rule go? Anywhere? Nebraska? Why not War Eagle? I like it. See you, buddy. Bye.
0: Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app.